Okay, so this is my very first podcast. It might be my last podcast too, if it doesn't go too well. So really, I don't know if anybody's going to hear this or if it's going to come out correctly, or even at that, if I'm allowed to put out snippets of songs. But um, I suppose if anybody will listen either, but at the end of the day, that's not really important. The most important thing, I suppose, is to talk about really good rock music and to get people's opinions on rock music. So I suppose I came up with the idea of just to document the top 15 songs of my favourite bands. Um, I set up an email address for any questions or thoughts or people's opinions. And the email address that you can email to if you want to after listening to this podcast is top15rockmusic at gmail.com. And the 15 is 15, the digits 15 as opposed to F-I-F-T-E-E-N. So it's top15rockmusic at gmail.com. So when I was setting up the email address, the top 10 rockmusic at gmail.com and top 20 rockmusic at gmail.com were gone, were already taken. So therefore, by default, I'm left with top 15 rockmusic at gmail.com. Um, as I said, just to start there, this is my first podcast. Um, just to give you a little bit of a background on where I'm coming from music-wise, I was born in 1972. I did my leaving cert in 1989 and I repeated it in 1990. So I went to college in September 1990. So the era that I was in college would have been from 1990 to 1993. So I'm going to kind of concentrate on that period of time, um, especially sp specifically with this first podcast, definitely. But I suppose um, anybody, when you're growing up, you think that your era of music is the best. And that's a fair argument for everybody because you're, you're going to be influenced by the music around you. You know, when you're in your late teens and early 20s, it's going to be the most exciting time for music. But in defense of the era that I grew up in, 1990 and 1993, there really was a very, very strong uh, segment of rock music around that era. So you had U2 release their brilliant album, Octone Baby. Um, I can remember buying that uh, at lunchtime in college on vinyl and going home and playing it listening to Mysterious Ways, which I thought was great, and The Fly, and brilliant, brilliant album. So that was out in the, between 1990 and 1993. Nirvana released two albums in that period. They released Nevermind and In Utero. So Nirvana were everywhere, especially around 1992, 93, they were everywhere. Pearl Jam released two albums in that period as well. They released uh, The Great Ten, and the great follow-up to that was Versus. Um, Metallica had albums out then. Guns N' Roses released their double, their two albums, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. I mean, Guns N' Roses were absolutely massive in Ireland uh, around the early 90s. You had R.E.M. putting out brilliant, brilliant records. You had the Pixies, Rage Against the Machine, so many other bands. So definitely whatever about saying who's got the best era in music, you have to really, I suppose, agree that 1990 to 1993 really had a really strong showing of rock music. And also, without trying to sound too old, um, back in 1990 to 1993, that kind of way, music wasn't as accessible as it is now. So, not in Ireland anyway. So there's no YouTube back then. So all you really had really was radio and your vinyl records and cassette tapes, and which you mainly taped from the radio. And then you also had CDs, and especially cassette tapes. I don't know if anybody listening remember that. The way we used to do it anyway is buy your blank tapes and put your little bits of paper into the tops of the tapes and you're able to tape off the radio. Or else, in my case, take my sister's tapes, which were official tapes, and 
put the bits of paper in and tape over official um, albums. So our um, our national radio station, then our national broadcasting station, RTE, as well, back in the early 90s, did put out a number of music-related TV programs. In fairness to them, they were actually very good at putting stuff out of that in the early 90s and the late 80s. Um, in the 80s, the starting point, I suppose, for music on the television, for me anyway, I can remember MTUSA. It was a three-hour program that used to be on every Sunday afternoon. I think every teenager in Ireland used to watch MTUSA. It was on for about three or four years, hosted by Vincent Hanley. That was really great because, I mean, we had... This is like something coming from another planet, watching videos on a Sunday. We used to sit there and watch ZZ Top and U2 and um, all these different bands. Michael Jackson's Thriller. But... um. And as well as that, they used to do things like three art, three songs from one artist and five songs from one artist. But that was brilliant. That was MTUSA. Um, RT also did a kids program on a Saturday morning, you know, in the mid eighties called Anything Goes, and that was great. But the part I really used to kind of uh, wait for, uh, there was four presenters on that Anything Goes, and there's Angus McAnally, there's Mary Fitzgerald, there's another lady. And then the fa- the final person to do their little segment was a guy called Dave Heffernan. And he did a kind of a rock and pop segment at the end around 12 o'clock for the last half an hour. That used to be brilliant. I can remember him talking about U2's new upcoming albums, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was great. Um, also, RT took a broadcast from uh, BBC on a Thursday evening. from I think it was from 7 to half 7. And that was Top of the Pops. Now, you really just can't imagine how important that was. I mean, if you talk to... You know, people these days, they mightn't really get it, but the whole country watched Top of the Pops. It was absolutely massive. And I used to watch it like everybody else, my brothers and sisters. And I can even remember uh, in 1983 when we got a colour television. So we had a black and white television up to 1983. And then we got a colour television in 83. And I can remember the first, still to this day, I can remember the first Top of the Pops I watched in colour. It was just like watching something from Mars. It was unbelievable. It was brilliant. So Top of the Pops was huge. A hugely influential program there was also programs like um young line which is a program i think it was angus mcanally's brother connor mcanally might have done that i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that but and they would have had bands on as well irish bands and i think you two might have been on that when they were uh, starting out so that was the 80s it was really those kind of programs and then in the 90s we had a music video program on sunday morning called the beatbox so that was like a two-hour program i think hosted by Ian Dempsey to start with and then Simon Young and they used to play rock uh, music videos so that was great and um, also we had on RTE different programs like um, in the 90s called Seven Bands on the Up which picked seven Irish bands and played and they showed them in concert and a program called Joe Maxi which used to do lots of uh, kind of band interviews for Irish bands and even the kind of adult program which was the Late Late Show which was on a Started on a Saturday night, but then it moved to a Friday night. That was a huge, huge program. So that used to get the biggest bands that used to come to Dublin. So that used to be good too, because you'd always be guaranteed, no matter how you know adult and talk showy it was, they always had at the start of the show they'd always have a big, big band playing. So, but I think um, one of the major factors for the nineties for music in Ireland, anyway, especially I think, is in the early nineties there was a really, really strong, brilliant Irish music scene. Much stronger now, I think, than it is currently now. But definitely, there's so many bands out that are really, really strong. We had uh, Something Happens, which were a huge band. Uh, we had The Frames, um, The Four of Us, 
a house um Engineli, another great band the sultans of ping uh the golden horde another band um and the thing about the irish bands were i suppose that they were accessible whereas you'd watch top the pops or you'd watch you know the beatbox these videos were like of england london new york or whatever but the irish bands you could actually see them so i can remember even seeing the golden horde they played in our college at a lunchtime gig and the way it used to work back then is a band would come into the college and play at lunchtime for half an hour maybe an acoustic set and then they'd play later on that night at the local disco so the local disco for us was horns hotel and Julie. and um i can remember seeing simon carmody walking into the college i mean he had a pair of sunglasses on to start with so you know rarely would you see anybody in Trelawney with a pair of sunglasses but he had he just looked like the complete rock star he was very very tall he was about six foot six i'd say he was huge but he just walked in the front of the college like he was walking into cbgb's he just looked sort of much like a rock star and based on their lunchtime gig that they played in the college i bought their album the golden horde which is brilliant i still have it there are some brilliant singles on it like a hundred boys and i never came down and friends in time so that was huge yeah, that that friends in time actually was a big hit so that was great but my two favorite irish bands as well as in second place was the stunning um the stunning were huge in ireland and i know i can remember my first day working in a local factory in the summer of 1991 so college finished for the summer i got a summer job and uh, I was decided that first day of work, I'd wear my stunning T-shirt because I wanted to go into into work and say, show everybody this is what I was about. I'm a fan of the stunning, and uh, of course nobody inside the in the factory knew who the stunning were. They were all much older than me, but I thought it was great going in with my stunning T-shirt. And my job for the summer then would have been in the corner of the factory, um, pairing up a regular socks. So socks that didn't make the cut were thrown into the corner of the factory and then me and another guy had to match them up and pack them into uh, bags and sellotape them and strangely enough the guy I was working for the whole summer for that was a guy called Raymond Garvey and he would go on later then to form a band called Raymond and they were huge in Europe and Germany especially he sold literally millions of records and so that's who I worked with for the summer then Raymond Garvey um, the stunning as I said were excellent I saw them about I think it's six times between Tralee and Killarney and I probably would have seen them at Fail as well I'd imagine but in my opinion the number one Irish band between 1990 and 1993 were a band uh, from Dublin called An Emotional Fish and my opinion is that they're the three best bands that ever come out of Ireland were U2, Thin Lizzy and An Emotional Fish and I'd actually put An Emotional Fish above Thin Lizzy in my own mind because obviously Thin Lizzy were in the 70s I never saw them and um, you can't really argue that you 2 were the best band to ever come out of Ireland because they're literally their list of songs is pretty phenomenal so an emotional fish and this is based on musical quality and everything they were absolutely brilliant now I could have done my first podcast on Power Jam or U2 or The Doors because they were three huge bands for me when I was growing up I was really really into the three, all three of them but I thought about it and I suppose the band that gave me the most excitement in my late teens and early 20s and my college years were an emotional fish. And I just really don't understand to this day, not only how they were, I mean, they were they were a big band. They were a big band in Ireland. They were actually very, very big in places like Holland, I think, and Belgium, places like that in, in Europe. Um, but the one thing is I can't understand how they weren't even bigger because they were a great, great band. But also 
they seem to be kind of having they're kind of forgotten about you know you always when they play in Irish bands okay they play celebrate um, but you know they don't they're not held in the same you know highest standards I think as they should be because they were really 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 very impressive I mean they have one of the greatest frontmen in Jar Whelan he was exactly what you wanted in a lead singer uh, but he, not only that I mean I know he could do all the, the stage presence or anything like that, but he had a really world class singing voice and I really do believe that if you took somebody like Jerry Whelan and replaced, I know Eddie Vedder is a great singer from Power Jam, but if you took Eddie Vedder out and put in Jerry Whelan, he could hold up those songs just as well. He's that good a singer. Um, also, I suppose when you're listening to your bands in your teenage years, the front man will always stand out, uh, and rightly so, I suppose. But I'm able to appreciate nowadays, I suppose, as I get a bit older, how good the actual band were together as a unit. I mean, if, if you just think about it, that a lot of bands these days have two or three even guitars, but uh, I don't think I ever saw Jerry Whelan play a guitar. He always just you know did the singing, he did a great job of it. But so that means that every single song that you hear on any an emotional fish song, they get all the guitar work is done by Dave Frew, uh, which is pretty impressive because there's some great guitar work going on there. Uh, also, then you have the bass player. I mean, Enda Wyatt. He only recently passed away. Got her soul, but. His bass playing was just really off the charts. You know, if you ever listen to an emotional fish song, if you hone in on the bass parts, you can actually literally, literally listen to the bass parts throughout the song, which is a great um, way to see a good bass player. Uh, he was always inventive, and I think what Enda uh, White did was he made some great songs, brilliant. Their drummer then, Martin Murphy, as well, passed away in 2017, which is very sad, but uh, all in all, a great band the four of them together i think they had that chemistry and that you know if you even need heard them live or even on tv programs or on record they were really tight really strong really good so i was going to cover 15 and emotional fish songs um but even at that i couldn't I, as i went through the list of songs that they had i couldn't narrow it down to 15 so even though this is my first podcast i'm going to cheat straight away instead of doing the top 15 i'm actually going to do the top 20 and not only that, in order to get an extra song in, I'm after putting the 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 20th song on the list, I'm going to put two songs there as joint 20th. Um, so picking from three studio albums, so An Emotional Fish had three albums, were the self-titled album that was released in 1990. You had the second album, which I thought was really, really strong, Junk Puppets, that was released in June 1993. And then the following year, in 94, you had Sloper. So that's between the three of those albums, you have 35 songs. And then there's extra songs then, you know, B-sides and so on that you would pick up along the way. So I've chosen uh, 21 songs. Okay, the, the two songs that joined 20. So 21 songs. So coincidentally, there's six songs from the first album, six from the second, six from the third, and then there's three other non-album tracks. Okay. So to start off with, at joint number 20, um, two songs. In 1992, RT again broadcast a programme called On the Waterfront, which was like a half-hour rock show uh, on a Friday. And it showed live bands. And normally there'd be one band there that would kind of headline it. They'd play two or three songs, and then there'd be the rest of the programme would be made up of other bands doing one song each. And this is where I saw... Uh, the frames for the first time so i saw the frames they played two songs on on the waterfront and based on those two two performances alone i bought their album another love song which is 
which is still one of my favorite frames albums and the stunning is beyond on the waterfront uh Inginelli, the sultans of ping therapy whipping boy some of these bands i'd never even heard of but i saw them on on the waterfront and gave great exposure to irish bands so what i used to do in the 90s like everybody else i used to tape everything on vhs videotapes so i could watch them over and over and over again and that night uh that an emotional fish were on on the waterfront I think it was just before it was, it was definitely before the second album was released but they played three songs that night the first song was if god was a girl and that'll come later in the top 20 and then they had two other songs called junk puppets and how could you and both of these songs never made the junk puppets album i'm not sure why um for some reason then as well i taped over on my vhs i accidentally taped over two and a half of the three songs so i only got I only was left with a small snippet of If God Was a Girl and I had taped over Junk Puppets and How Could You so I could remember them and I couldn't remember the songs but I could remember that they were really really good songs and I was cracking up and of course this is pre-YouTube so as soon as you deleted them they were gone and I just knew they were great heavy kind of riff songs and they sounded really great but I had lost them and then of course YouTube came along and somebody had put back up these versions somebody else had taped them on VHS and put them back up so I have them now again to listen to so great great songs but so at joint 20th place the first song i'm going to play is a song called uh, junk puppets and listening to junk puppets now i mean it really is fantastic i mean dave fru plays like a wah wah pedal guitar through the whole um the whole track it's really really great and a bit like the doors the doors third album was called waiting for the sun they had a song called Waiting for the Sun. They just never put it on the album. They put it on their fifth album, Morrison Hotel. But I just don't know why Junk Puppets, that song, didn't make it to the album. It could have been the opening track in the album. It could have been the closing track in the album. It was very strong. Um, Jerry Whelan does a great, great vocals on it again. And um, as I said, Dave Fru plays fantastic um, guitar throughout. And also, actually, on that, on the Waterfront uh, show, they had a female vocalist called Violet Williams and she sang on the album Junk Puppets as well. So all in all, a great song. So uh, I'm going to play a clip of it now. Hopefully I won't get into any trouble for putting up clips of songs, but here goes anyway. So great uh, snippet there of Junk Puppets by an Emotional Fish. Again, if you go onto YouTube and watch that um, from start to finish, you say well, a really great tight, tight band. And how that didn't make the album, I just don't know. Okay, so joint 20th then on the list uh, is the other song from On the on the Waterfront that night was called How Could You? Great, great heavy riff. I definitely could remember in my mind that this song was a really, really strong, really heavy riff on it. But uh, we'll just have a clip of it here now and see... What do you think? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that's both songs there, Junk Puppets and How Could You at Joint number 20. So number 19 is a song from Sloper. It's called Dirt. So when I was listening to all three albums again, just to make up this list, I really had forgotten how good this song was, Dirt. It's a great guitar riff at the start that catches you straight away. And uh, it's kind of like something that maybe Peter Buck would have recorded with R.E.M. on one of their kind of mid-90s albums like New Adventures in Hi-Fi or Up. It's that great mid-90s R.E.M. period. And again, if R.E.M. had released this, this would probably have been a huge international top five hit and a fan favourite. So it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, great song by An Emotional Fish. So I'm just going to play you a small bit of dirt. So that's number 19, Dirt, great song from the Sloper album, third album. Uh, number 18, the song called All I Am. So I brought all three An Emotional Fish albums at the times so they were released. I remember I bought the first album on tape back in the early 90s. But anyway, between here and then, I lost them all at various times throughout the years. So about five years ago, I was able to order all three of them online again. And when I was playing the first album, which is just An Emotional Fish uh, an emotional fish it struck me again the first five songs on that album are so strong that I mean they're absolutely brilliant you couldn't I don't think there's any the only other album I could come across that has the best or better opening five tracks might be the Joshua Tree by U2 and even at that I mean I'd compare both of them similarly I'm just such a, a big fan of an emotional fish but um brilliant so when I played the first five songs excellent and then the sixth song came on which is this song called all i am and i hadn't heard it in over 15 years you wouldn't rarely hear it you never hear it on the radio but one thing that struck me was as soon as it came on i knew the words straight away i, I couldn't even remember how i knew them but i just sang the whole thing through from start to finish and it all came out uh, great word for word so the song really builds up to a great point where martin murphy kind of breaks in on the drums and jerry whelan starts singing Oh, hey, Mr. Hey, Mr. Mr. Take a Walk. Great, great song. I mean, to follow the first five songs on that album is going to be hard anyway, but the sixth one is great as well. So that's in at number 18 uh, on the list. So that's a very abrupt ending to that song anyway, All I Am. Uh, the quality isn't great, as you could probably realise by now. We're not talking hugely high-tech uh, version of a podcast here by me. But I had to tape that uh, off of the CD, so I had to root out 
my record player slash CD player to play a portion of that and the sound isn't great but still a great track in all I am so um, number 17 on the list is a really really great brilliant song again from Sloper it's called Summertime very melodic song um, it has a real kind of lovely four chord pattern at the start by Dave Fru and again I mean just to say I suppose if this had been released by somebody like Blur in the middle of Britpop this would have been number one easily would have been number one it's a great song it's so melodic it's just very uplifting uh Jerry Whelan's voice uh, vocals on it are absolutely brilliant and again like most of their songs you know if bands like U2 or anybody had come up with these songs these would be number one songs all over the world but this is a great great song very melodic it's called Summertime shame really to stop that because it's such a great great song i know probably i'll go back and listen to all these again after i finish the podcast that's a great great song summertime by an emotional fish from the third album sloper so number 16 uh, again from sloper actually this is clowns this is the fourth track on sloper this song really showcases a couple of things this showcases into why it's great bass playing so he's able to come up with these really great melodic parts it's never just standard bass notes. It's always just something like it's like he plays uh, lead guitar and bass. Some really, really great inventive bass playing. Again, Dave Fru excels again on this track. He plays so many different types of guitar on all the Emotional Fish songs. But this one is kind of like a 1950s kind of a country sound off of it, uh, which is really great. A modern kind of 50s uh, country track. And again, Listen to Jerry Whelan's voice on this. It's just absolutely brilliant. He's got a great baritone voice. And I know I keep saying this over and over again, but I mean, he's got a world-class voice. His phrasing is great. I mean, there's a part in it when he sings, You're such a silly cow. And um, it just comes off so great. And I just wonder, has that anything to do with the album cover with the cow on the front of it? It's over. So here we go. This is number 16. It's Clowns. So number 15 now, it's a song from uh, the second album, Junk Puppets. So this is the first song that's coming into the top. It's in number 15 uh, from Junk Puppets. It's track number six called Star. So uh, as Jerry Whedon sings, it's still a planet full of traffic lights. I mean, listening back again, as I keep repeating, but listening back, especially Junk Puppets. I mean, what a brilliant, brilliant album. How this did not become a huge international hit album, I don't know. 
is really brilliant, full of really strong songs, and Star is definitely one of them. It's really got everything. I mean, it's very melodic again. It's really interesting. It's different. And you can certainly never accuse an emotional fish of sounding the same. So there's so many pluses to this song. It's got great vocals. It kind of, I mean, it kind of sounds like something maybe that U2 would have come up with on Pop or Zeropa before U2 have even got to those albums. So, I mean, Emotional Fish have come up with this before, obviously before Pop and Zeropa. But a great, great uh, song. So I'm just going to play a clip now of Star. Great, great song, Star. So that's number 15, Star. And the next song is going to be number 14. And this is not off any album. It's a song called Shirley. And even though this is at number 14, it's probably one of my favourite and emotional fish songs of all time. So uh, in 1991, RTE recorded a concert at the Cork Opera House. I think it was the 1st of October 1991. And there's three bands on the bill. It was Christy Hennessy from Tralee, the Black Velvet Band, and An Emotional Fish. And they taped it in October with the intention to broadcast it at Christmas time. So, of course, they broadcast it at Christmas time. I saw it on the RT Guide, and I taped it on my VHS to add to my VHS collection. And I can remember reading at some stage, I can't remember where now, but I definitely remember reading that during the show, the emotional, An Emotional Fish is set, uh, RT had to stop the taping twice because of stage invasions and if you watch the concert you can see that's probably during Lace Virginia they definitely stormed the stage and that was on the uh, the concert that was broadcast in RT on Lace Virginia but all I can say about this you now I put this concert up on YouTube back in 2012 it was a half an hour show and of course I had the clue what I was doing because you know trying to put up stuff on YouTube for the first time and I haven't really done it since, but I had to put it up in five minute slots because YouTube wouldn't let me put it up in one half hour ago. Uh, the quality of the sound isn't great because it's from VHS, it's from years of rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing. But that's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant concert. I, every, I could listen to that now any time of the day because it's so good. And such great memories for me listening to An Emotional Fish because I used to have my VHS video. Uh, and I was played before I go to college so my family would all head off in the morning time and I mightn't start college till around half nine and I used to go into the living room and put on my VHS and sit down and have a cup of tea and smoke a cigarette and watch some of my videos and nine times out of ten I'd watch something from that concert it was great and of all the songs on it they're all great this song surely I enjoy the most I think it's just brilliant how it didn't again just like Junk Puppets song how this didn't make the second Junk Puppets album, I don't know, maybe it's on an interview somewhere with an emotional fish, why they didn't put certain songs on, but this itself is a great, great song. The concert has an, um, 
the first song in the concert is a song called The Island and it is Grey Matter If God Was a Girl Lace Virginia Celebrate and in the middle was this song called Shirley um, so the bit I'm going to play my sound isn't great this is from YouTube it's the version I put up and it's VHS worn to death so the sound isn't great but still what a brilliant uh, concert and it would be great really great if Jer and Dave could get back together and write a new album or even tour Europe during the summer or put out a best of an emotional fish and put extra tracks on it like this one Shirley and Junk Puppets and How Could You and all those would be fantastic but this is a live version in here of Shirley and Jer during the concert does his best airplane across the stage so this is a definite 10 out of 10 song So that song was number 14 of Shirley is great great memories in that song um, so number 13 now is a song called Time is on the Wall this is the opening track from their third album Sloper and this song was def I definitely think that this song was used in an ad advert on RT it might have been Bulmers or Vodafone or something but definitely I can remember this being on uh, used in as an ad on TV about 15 years ago so the song again just shows how good Jerry Whelan's voice is one of his best performances amongst so many great ones um, it's a great video too with the band playing I think they're playing on top of Windmill Lane Studios and then they're also doing a kind of a, their own take on Reservoir Dogs um, again the band just showing how good they really are together very tight uh, so here's a snippet of Time is on the Wall at number 13 great song from their third album Sloper as time is on the wall so number 12 now in the top 20 is a song called Rain and this was a lead single from the uh, second album Junk Puppets and it was released in May 1993 so this song starts off with a great distorted riff from uh, Dave Frew followed then by a great drum intro from Martin Murphy and then followed again by a ridiculously good bass from Enda Wyatt so, I mean, you can actually even, his bass is so good in this, you could literally listen to it all the way through. It's really extraordinary. It's it's complicated. You know, it's not just simple, it's complicated, but it's, it loops and it's brilliant. Um, 
again Jerry Whelan's vocals on this are never lower than brilliant and it's a great great single so as I was saying earlier then I have VHS tapes that I taped stuff from RT from 1990 to 1993 so not only were these I was taping stuff like from videos and live performances in the 80s and the 90s but I can I don't know can really remember when RT2 used to start until 3 or 4 in the evening so programs used to start until 3 or 4 in the evening, but they used broadcast, and what they used to do is they used, I think it was called Network 2 in the early 90s, but they used to fill the gaps up to two, 3 or 4 in the afternoon, these broadcast RT Radio 2FM live on TV. So just instead of having something up on the screen, they had this thing called Airtel, which is like a kind of a primitive early kind of a website, and it was all text, like teletext. So you hold news and sport and entertainment. So if you say, for instance, if you wanted to see what the news, the current sports was, you type in two zero zero two hundred on your um, remote control, and it would bring up the sports uh, Airtel page, and then you could go to two twenty for soccer, or two forty for Gaelic, and you could go to three hundred for entertainment. So all these different things. But if a page came up, say if you put in three hundred for entertainment, there could be five pages up on the screen. And each page would stay up for about 30 seconds. So if you wanted to see the fifth page, you'd have to just sit there and wait for the page to reload. Page 1, page 2, page 3, page 4 and page 5. It could take up to two minutes to come along. Very primitive stuff. But anyway, I used to use this uh, broadcast of the radio. I, so I used to be able to tape some of my songs onto my VHS. So I remember they played Rain on 2FM. Probably it was Larry Gogan, I think it was lunchtime. And they played Rain an emotional fish so i taped it on my vhs so every time i watched that then over the years i used to be able to see the same teletext whatever the text was from that day um it's one of my favorite songs definitely it's a great great driving song the band are in great form on it and also they had a b-side which is called the girl in the slow train which you can get on youtube as well it's another great song that could have made the top 20 as well but i mean did this song there did this band ever make a bad song you'd wonder no, hardly ever i mean there some great stuff so this is rain here by an emotional fish <laughs> Sorry, it's an abrupt end there to rain. Um, so on to the next song, um, number 11, which is called Sister Change. Um, again, this is from Junk Puppets. It's track three from Junk Puppets, Sister Change. Again, it's just a really melodic song. Great song. Enda White, great bass playing again. Dave Frew, great guitar work. Brilliant guitar work, beautiful. And it's possibly one of Jerry Whelan's greatest um, vocal performances, I think. It's such a great, great song. Um... There's a version of it, a live version of it on YouTube, which I'm going to take my clip from. It's from Philadelphia. I think it's 1993. And it's just as good as the album version. It's just, they're so really, really, I mean, there's only the four of them. And it sounds just like the album version. 
Um, so again, great rock and essay. I mean, it just proves again that they're one of the best bands of the 90s. So this next clip is uh, Sister Change. Again, Sister Change, they're a great, great uh, track. And I mean, it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, an emotional fish. They played everywhere. They played America, they played Europe, they played all the big gigs, they played on the same bills, Nirvana and Pixies and everybody. So, I mean, they've really paid their dues. They've done their work. They've uh, were as good as any of the best bands around. So that's number 11, Sister Change. Uh, on to number 10 now, so into the top 10, as Larry Golden would say. Uh, this song is called If God Was a Girl. So, again, this is from Junk Puppets. So, I mentioned earlier when I was doing the top tw the 20th song uh, that an emotional fish appeared on, on the waterfront one night and they played three songs. And I taped over two and a half of them by accident, but the half of the one that I didn't tape over was this song called If God Was a Girl. So, I really I knew the song before the album came out. And also, um, when an emotional fish played that concert in Cork, in the Cork Opera House, they played "If God Was a Girl," and I, if you notice, or I noticed in here because I played it so many times, but some of the crowd already knew it because at the end they can be hanging, heard singing the bit that says "That's Enough" before Ger Whedon says it. So a great, great song. I mean, Mark Murphy, the drums starts it off great, then followed by great bass intro, and then Ger Whedon on the on the waterfront version of it, he throws a glass of water over the RT cameraman. And Violet Williams again on backing vocals on the on the Watford version. So um, I know Dave Frew plays a slightly guitar, a different guitar bit in the comparing the live version to the studio album version, but that's obviously going to happen. So this is going to be a small clip of "If God Was a Girl" from on the Watford. that's a great uh, if god was a girl uh, track number 10 that's number 10 on the top 20 uh, best and emotional fish songs so number nine is a song called hole in my heaven again from junk puppets it's track number seven from junk puppets and what a great way to start a song it's an explosive drum intro from martin murphy followed then by just a great thumping heavy bass line and uh 
Dave Frew then playing a kind of a tremolo guitar. It's great. It's I mean the video's on YouTube. Uh, the video was made uh, in, from concerts that they did with U2 on the Europa tour, and it really gives a great energy off the video. It's great. The crowd is huge. The crowd are enjoying it. So I think uh, they, I think they played about eight concerts with supporting U2 on the Europa tour in '93. And they also played in the same village some for some of the shows, in four shows with Pearl Jam. So can you just imagine going to see a concert uh, in Italy or France and the bill being U2 and Emotional Fish and Pearl Jam and all three of them at the height of their powers. Just, I mean, that would be just money well spent. Um, so uh, a great, again, Ger Whelan is in great form. He's really, you know, does a stadium performance to match the song. And there's a great section where Jerry Whelan sings it, the bit where he goes, "Yeah, well, I sat down, wrote about it, joke about it, smoked about it, and Lord, I even talked about it with you." So, yeah, so well written, great song, and I think now I might be wrong on this, but I think at one of those U2 concerts it was Jerry Whelan's birthday, and at the end he took off his clothes and ran her off the stage. But I might be wrong on that, but I think I read that somewhere as well. So, here's a clip from that brilliant song, "Hole in My Heaven." Again, another song, shame to cut it off, but what a great song, uh, Hole in My Heaven. It just, I mean, you know, every song I'm playing here now, as far as I'm concerned, should have been, you know, a top five single uh, across in England and in Ireland and everywhere, but brilliant, brilliant song. So the next song is number eight, and it's Lace Virginia. Uh, okay, so this is from the their first album. It's the fourth track on the, of, uh, on the album. So as I said earlier, the first five tracks in this album are just absolutely 100% excellent and this is one of their most recognizable songs and this song was the song that was uh, caused the stage invasion at the Cork Opera House gig that had RT restarting the recording twice um, Jerry Whelan said that the idea for this song came from when he was working in a house and there was an, kind of an elegant old lady in the house and there's lots of pictures around the place of her as a younger girl or a younger woman. And that's where the idea for the song came. And of course, the video has a pre-famous Kate Moss in it. And Dave Frew said in an interview as well that they had met her, you know, after the video, about a year or two after the video was done, around 93 or something, when she was famous. And they mentioned, mentioned it to her to say that, oh yeah, you know, you started our video before you were famous and she didn't really seem to be too bothered. She didn't have, didn't have much to say about it. But anyway, apart from that, um, a great, great song. As I said, one of the five uh, tracks that open their first album. And, you know, if you really think about that, a band just starting out their first album, coming up with five songs like that and Lace Virginia being one of them. I mean, you have to say hats off to them. So here's a bit of Lace Virginia. 
So that's a snippet of Lace Virginia. Pity to cut it off as well there. It's, it's a great guitar. Uh, comes in just after I cut it off there. So that's number eight, Lace Virginia, of the top 20. And on to number seven now. Okay, in, in seventh, at number seven, um, Aeroplanes, which is track three from the Sloper album, the third album. And if you've never heard Aeroplanes, I would advise you just to go to YouTube, type in An Emotional Fish Sloper, somebody's put up the whole album and you'll see track three there is airplanes listen to it and then honestly put your hand in your heart and say have you ever heard a more melodic song from an irish band it's absolutely brilliant it's just absolutely world-class gorgeous song um jerry whelan singing again is brilliant uh there's a backing singer as well on it's a female backing singer but again the same as i said it before a uh, real departure again for the band it's a kind of like a real country and western song you, as I said, you can't um, say that an emotional fish don't mix up their music styles. And there's, uh, I checked out the, the the record sleeve, and there's a guy called Joe Ryan playing a pedal steel guitar. It's absolutely beautiful. It's so um, sad. It's such a melodic, sad song. And I'm amazed actually that no uh, U.S. Uh, big U.S. country western star hasn't done um, a cover version of this because it would surely be a huge hit in America. If one of the big yeah country western stars did a version of it so i'll just play a clip here of airplanes uh by an emotional fish six now on the list of 20 um, again from Sloper the song Superman so airplane airplanes and Superman the two of those alone were worth buying the album Sloper I mean airplanes is brilliant you wouldn't think it could be topped but actually Superman is just that little bit better it's absolutely magnificent the first thing out of the gate straight away is there's a bass part at the start by end of Wyatt and if you listen to the bass part at the start, he goes, he plays a lovely bass start, and then he goes even lower again on the on the bass. I mean, how he even came up with that or thought of that, that's something like kind of Paul McCartney might come up with, but it's brilliant. It starts off the whole song, you're saying, this is going to be great because it's so inventive. Um, 
Dave threw then is playing a kind of a he's a kind of an effect in his guitar it's like a kind of an underwater effect it's like the you know the Nirvana video come as you are is all kind of shot in water sequences so it's it comes across like that that it's like underwater type effect it's really really unique and sitting on top of all this is um Jer Whelan's vocals which are just absolutely perfect and I know he he still plays this song Superman currently you know when he's uh, singing as Jerry Fish but it's such a great great song again a how did this not become a number one hit and b how come somebody didn't actually um cover of this song because it's absolutely brilliant um so i'm just going to play a clip now of superman number six of 20. number six superman so i mean since we i mean all i think all emotional fish songs are great but since we got into the top 10 10 now it's just been literally song after song after song have been excellent and again on to number five and even just as good melodic song very sad song beautiful song from the first album it's the fifth track off the first album it's called julian so this song again is a lovely slow song. It's kind of like a, a slow building song going across something like Release by Pearl Jam, their last track on um, a Tin. And there is a really beautiful version of this, a live version on YouTube from Dutch TV, I think from 1993 or 1994 around that area. Martin Murphy's playing bongos on it and the, the four of them just together around a microphone and they just play it it's great and then when Jerry Whelan starts singing it it's just you just know that you know this is guy, the guy's got is it's the real deal for a vocalist he's just absolutely brilliant uh, I'm going to play a clip of this now because it's just um, I'm going to play it about a minute and a half into the song because it starts off really great it's, I can't play the whole thing obviously because I'd be afraid the whole thing will be taken down but the bit I'm going to play is just um, after about a minute and 50 seconds and it's the second time around they're kind of singing it and i'd say dave fru has got a capo on like on the seventh fret or something because in the background you can hear an acoustic guitar playing away at a higher pitch as well it really just makes it even more special so again i just can't keep coming up with superlatives about how good these songs are 
And anybody who has heard the song before would just look, say, yeah, absolutely. I can't disagree with you there. That's a brilliant song. So this is Julian, number five. Dreams of stardom, blessed our eyes, our fairy tale. We see is all that's meant to be. Is all that's meant to be. It's all that is. So that's number five, the great, great Julian. Uh, what a track. Okay, so on to number four now, uh, on to the last four songs. And this is from the second album, Junk Puppets. It's called Careless Child. And what a great song again. This song is over seven minutes long. If you go onto YouTube and watch the video, it's a great video there of them playing with the orchestra. It's over seven minutes long. It's like a victory lap, I think, for an emotional fishing, just song perfection. Um, you know, to come up with that kind of a track, and you know, to, to, you can actually prove that it's so great because there's another part of it later on in the album. It's like the reprise, which you take out the vocals and they just have the orchestra. That's like something you'd hear on a soundtrack to a movie. You'd say, "Yeah, God, that's absolutely fantastic." So, I mean, hats off to an emotional fish for coming up with these kind of songs. And to say that these aren't being played on the radio is a bit of a shame, to be honest with you. I mean, they're just great, great, great songs. Um, I, I was looking up the, the albums and so on. There was a couple of producers on the second album, Junk Puppets. And this track, uh, Dave Stewart from The Arrhythmics, uh, produced this with an emotional fish. And if you look at the album sleeve, he produced with an emotional fish. He produced four tracks, which was tracks four, five, six, and seven, which were If God Was a Girl, Careless Child, Star, and Hole in My Heaven. I mean, they're four great tracks. So, you know, hats off to all of them. Um, uh, for what they did but this one especially I think is the crowning glory it's such a beautiful beautiful song and it builds and it goes all the way through and uh, it's very inventive uh, so I'm just going to play a clip now of Careless Child Where are you now Careless Child Will you halfway turn around How did you fall from higher ground Reaching out Okay, so number three now in the top 20 in Emotional Fish songs. I would imagine a lot of people would probably think this would be at number one. But at number three, I'd put Celebrate. And this is an iconic song, to say the least. I mean, I think if you said to anybody in Ireland, this party's over, they're all going to say the exact same thing back to you. I'm going home. Um, it's uh, I've heard it loads and loads of times. I think everybody's heard it loads and loads of times. It's an emotional fish's uh, signature tune. And just like great, great songs, you know, you listen to them over and over again and you hear them so many times, you kind of just, you know, you don't take too much notice of them after a while. But if you go back and listen to this song now, on like I've done the last couple of weeks, listening to it on CD in the car, it's absolutely brilliant. It just spills. The guitar work is great. I mean, obviously the bass is an iconic bass. Uh, to, to come up with that bass line, that's a bass line you'll be remembered for forever. 
and it's the one song an emotional fish will be, will be remembered for forever I was only watching a documentary this Christmas only a couple of days ago about Ireland in the 80s how, how Ireland rocked the 80s and they got to around 1990 and they started mentioning Fela and they played Celebrate a portion of it uh, I'd say it's probably no all all uh, in all seriousness I'd say it's probably one in the top five Irish rock songs of all time because you could play it's just so iconic I'd say every disco in Ireland in the 90s it was played every disco in around Ireland every night in the 90s and it's kind of like actually part of our Irish fabric now and it kind of captures an era when Ireland was in the early 90s and Fela and the start of the Celtic Tiger it just captures that era perfectly uh, I know there's a guy in Italy did a cover version of it his name is Vasco Rossi and it's been nine weeks at number one in Italy so I mean they must have be, had been delighted with that because that's a huge achievement I mean Italy's a massive market and uh, just a great 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 song they'll be remembered forever for this song alone and to say it's at number three there's just uh, two better songs coming up uh, in my opinion but I mean Celebrate is absolutely brilliant and I'm just going to play a clip of it now because everybody knows what it sounds like but I'll play it anyway such a great song i mean even when you listen back to it again and again and again it's just such a great great song okay so let's celebrate this number three in the top 20 in emotional fish uh, songs so track number two in the top 20 is gray matter now i know i've put gray matter ahead of celebrate the reason i have is because gray matter was the first song i ever heard by an emotional fish they did a video of it as a black and white video it's a really cool video black and white kind of slow motion of the four guys walking around I, I looked it up later on and it was in Amsterdam where they shot it they were, in, they were uh, doing a concert and they took uh, footage of it but they're marching around in the snow and it's just a really cool um, uh, whole cool vibe about the whole thing the song is absolutely brilliant as well it's my favourite An Emotional Fish song even though it's at number two it's still my favourite song that's why I had it at the start of the podcast but they just in the video even they just look like something like The Doors and I just thought, and I was a massive Doors fan up to that point. I thought, oh my God, they're Irish. They're brilliant. And you know, I just thought I got hooked on an emotional fish. So um, for that reason, even alone, I put it in a number two. But it's a great, great song. Um, I mean, you know, as I keep saying, the top first five songs in the first album are absolutely brilliant. And I mean, how did this not go into the you know top five everywhere? It's a brilliant, brilliant song. And I remember they played... Horns Hotel in Tralee not long after I saw this video and uh, in the Students Union inside in Tralee, um, Tralee RTC they had a poster of an emotional fish and the date on it for Horns so 
I asked the students' union, could I take it away? And they let me take it away. That was up on my wall until I left home. And it was my pride of place. Pity, I actually really regret that I never actually took it down, rolled it up and brought it away with me so I could have it now. But um, a great, great song. Um, so I'm just going to play a bit of it here now. It's Grey Matter by Emotional Fish. How great is that song? Brilliant. So that's Grey Matter. Number two. So the final song in the top 20 is um, the song Blue. So this is a song that makes the top of the pile. I think simply the song is musical perfection. Uh, again, if Pearl Jam or Coldplay wrote this song and released it, this would be number one all over the world. And all they'd have to do is play the first couple of bars and they'd be sung by thousands in football stadiums across the world for the next 20 years. Is that good? If I wrote a song as beautiful as Blue, you could nearly die happy. It's just, it's got everything. It's got everything. Everything that all the other songs have, and they're all, they're all brilliant. This has everything on top of it. It's just where all four of them came together and produced the perfect song. And there's harmonica on it as well. There's a guy actually called Eamon Murray did the harmonica. And for some reason, I don't know why, I always thought it was Don Baker did the harmonica on that. Even though I had the, the album cover and the sleeve and all that. I looked it up and I was looking doing this and it was a guy called Eamon Murray but for some reason I just saw it was Don Baker maybe it's because Don Baker is the only harmonica player that I knew and he was from Dublin I just assumed that he had done it but it's so soulful uh, again you know I'd hate to see somebody doing a cover of this because I don't think they could ever match what uh, an emotional fish have done with this guy it's just absolutely brilliant so after all the 20 songs this is the top of the pile so I'm just going to play a small snippet of Blue
so what a track there. I mean, even from the start with uh, Martin Murphy, uh, you know, playing this, the intro. Uh, you know, such a beautiful song, such a beautiful song. So that's the end of my top 21 and Emotional Fish songs. I hope that if anybody's listened to this at all, that A, they'll have enjoyed it. B, that they'll have um, remembered some on and Emotional Fish songs they haven't listened to in a while. Or C, maybe go back and listen to them. Maybe that you've never heard uh, that many songs from an Emotional Fish. So I hope you've enjoyed it. If anybody has any queries or comments or suggestions or anything, it's top15rockmusic at gmail.com. Even though I didn't stick to the top 15 bit. So, um, again, it was been great doing it. Hopefully I won't get in any, any trouble for putting up the snippets of songs. And again, such an unfortunate thing that Martin Murphy and Inda White have passed away. I would love to have seen an emotional fish re- reforming, doing, you know, a couple of uh, gigs in Ireland. I mean, you know, releasing maybe a best of with, you know, like those 15 songs or 20 songs and even the kind of, you know, kind of B-sides and things like Shirley and Junk Puppets and uh, On the Island and Harmony, actually Harmony Central. Harmony Central never made the top 21. And the reason why Harmony Central never made the top 21 is this really strange one. My CD that I got, for some reason, track two on Junk Puppets just wouldn't play. That's Harmony Central. So every all the time I've been playing Junk Puppets, I haven't listened to Harmony Central that much. So I kind of glossed, kind of passed over it. And that's a bit unfortunate. I mean, it should have probably made the top 20 for sure. But um, I hope that uh, anybody who's listened to this has enjoyed it. And if I can actually even manage to figure out how to put this up and that it's not taken down. Uh, if anybody has any queries or anything, give me a shout. And I'll try and do another one. I'm, the next one I'm going to do, because I enjoyed this doing this a lot. I'm going to do not a top 15, but you know about 15 or 20 songs from the 80s and the 90s Irish songs that meant so much to me. So not only just an emotional fish, but all the other bands that are there, some absolutely cracking songs. So I'll do that next, hopefully, and put it up and we'll see how it goes. OK, thank you very much. Bye.